Welcome you to the sports kingdom. Welcome you to the sports kingdom. Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? It's Friday. It's Yeah, it's a Friday. It's it's start to the weekend. Not a bad day to record. First yeah. time ever. Yeah, uh, first time recording on a Friday. We had to push it back because uh, I had my hand surgery on Tuesday, yeah. uh, actually. So playing, in, playing injured. Yeah, still playing injured for the next uh, two months, about. So, uh but anyway, before we start, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android There's so much to talk about on this episode of the TSK Show as we get closer to the Super Bowl. Uh, Obviously, we're going to break everything down for you and preview Super Bowl 53 as the Rams look to win a Super Bowl in only their third year back in Los Angeles. And the Patriots are looking to avenge the loss from last year's Super Bowl in their ninth Super Bowl appearance in the last 18 years. Also, there's a lot to talk about around the association as big news from New Orleans revolving around Anthony Davis was revealed earlier this week. The NBA All-Star Game starters and captains have been revealed. I also have three teams from the past that I think could have won an NBA championship but didn't. I want to know who Tyler thinks deserved to win a championship more as well as a couple other topics to discuss later on in the show in the starting five. But, I mean, we're a couple of days away. We're about 48 hours away from yes, sir. crowning a champion, champion of the NFL this year in Super Bowl 53. Uh, like I said, we got the Los Angeles Rams versus the New England Patriots uh, happening down in Atlanta. Tyler, hmm. I was watching NFL Live earlier this week as I was recuperating in bed, and I saw a stat. And it was that over 30 Patriots have Super Bowl experience. And I believe it was only four or five Rams have Super Bowl experience. How much do you think experience is going to play a factor in this in this game? Uh, it's going to play a big factor just because, to, I mean, it's all about Tom Brady and Belichick's experience and McDaniels and the guys running the show. It's all about their experience. It, it only helps to have all the other guys that have all this experience as well. But, and I mean, this is like the fourth trip to the Super Bowl for these guys yeah. in like six years. So these guys have a ton of experience. So it, it is a factor uh, just as far as like the preparation goes. It's two weeks. It's not like you're, you know, it's not, you're, you're not in your routine. You're not at home. Um, you have all this like media stuff going on all week. There's a lot more distractions going on. So there's a, there's a little bit something to it, but uh uh, and I think it will play a factor, but ultimately, I think uh, I think the Patriots are going to take it home. No, 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 no. No. I think, they, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a close game. My prediction was thirty-eight, thirty-four. Oh, that's a high-scoring game. Yeah, but I basically had it. Um, Patriots will score a touchdown in every quarter. Uh, They've only scored three points in, at least in the one, first quarter. At least one field goal, and then in the fourth quarter, they're going to get two tutties. Oh, man. You, oh, jeez. So, that doesn't bode well for the Rams. It's going to be a good one. I think that the – I'm giving the Rams a lot of credit. Honestly, I think missing Cooper Cup in that slot because they run that three wide receiver set, like 97% of their snaps, which is like by far the highest in the league. Yeah. Um. That hurts them a little bit. Uh, they've gained C.J. Anderson, which is a nice mix-up coming into the Super Bowl. Um, it's nice to have like a change-of-pace guy coming in that you weren't really prepared for before. But ultimately, I don't think the Rams' defense can. Uh, well, I mean, the Rams' defense it it has the stop them. It has the the necessary ingredients, as as you might want to call it, uh, to stop Tom Brady and the Patriots. They have a they have an aggressive front. That's, yeah, but I think their their talent is in the wrong place because, you know, they have great corners, but New England's wide receivers or whatever, you know. They're allowing less than 50 rushing yards uh, in the playoffs, though. 
Yeah, which is which is really good, and I think that that's where they could win the game is if the defense takes over. But there's a lot of analytics going on I've seen um, on the the Patriots line and how good they deal with the press and how. No, I know, mean Tom Brady hasn't been touched in the playoffs yet, so it's, yeah, so the defense um, has a tall task ahead of them, but I the, think they can do it. And the issue is, is Tom Brady has the quickest release in the NFL as far as uh, snap snap to throw. Shortest, quickest, um, however you want to say it, in the league. That that only kind of negates an Aaron Donald or an Dominican Sue. Um, and then just the the weakness of the defense inside the middle, the the linebackers, um, the safeties, them having to go up against the strength of the Patriots, which is the running backs and the tight ends. That's just um, I think that's gonna that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> James James White, Sonny Michelle, uh, James Devlin, and uh, Rex Burkhead. Those are all. All those guys are gonna have some weird role in this game. Um, it's just the strengths and the weaknesses match up too well. I feel like on this on this one, which is I think, and you think ultimately gives the Patriots the edge. Yeah, you think there's more strengths on the Patriots side. They're healthier. Um, their 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 strength on defense is their defensive backs and extremely smart football players. Where, where that helps you going against a big bay and a passing attack. You know, it just – everything seems to match up for the Patriots. But, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win. I mean, the Rams are here for a reason. Yeah. They, um, it's the revenge game for 2002. Uh, you know, it, Spygate. It, it can happen. It can happen. Yeah, whatever. Hey, I'm just saying. That kind of stuff, you know, whatever. Is I this, think everybody does it. Some is people this, just get caught. Is this Gronk's last game? I think so. I'm, I'm – I, I wish that wasn't true, but I kind of hope so at the same time. You know, I hope to I, – I would like to see him up there with Jerome Bettis, John Elway, Ray Lewis, walking off the field, Super Bowl champ. Yeah, he might. He he could. That that would be the perfect way to go out. For, yeah, for I him. mean, he's one of my all-time favorite football players. I think, you know, if it wasn't for Tony Gonzalez's great career, he'd be hands down the greatest tight end yeah. ever. And I still think he is the greatest, but I always got to throw Tony G in the mix. <laughs> well, uh, no, Tony G's the man. Exactly. Can't I can't not uh, throw him in there? But yeah, I think I think it is likely that it's Gronk's last game. It just the the way he talks about the physical um, nature of the game throughout the season, that kind of just leads me to think that that's where he's going. Yeah, and he he already said he would retire rather than go to some some other team. Well, why wouldn't you? I mean, if you're playing, if you're, if you've been a Patriot your entire life and you're accustomed to a certain type of football and, and winning, why would you want to go to another team? Ultimately, I just think that, you know, the Patriots are just so smart and they just have so many options to go on offense that they're just going to play to the, what they think they can expose the Rams, um, yeah. which is, I, I mean, I think that it's just going to be running backs all day. Uh, maybe, and I, and I think Gronk's going to have a little bit of magic just because it's the Super Bowl. He's not going to have some huge stat line, but. You know, he gets two, three catches. They're probably going to be in clutch, clutch time, and they're going to mean something. They're going to mean something. Yeah, yada yada. But ultimately, I think that uh, the running backs and Tom Brady and the play calling is going to is going to fuck with the Rams. All right. What is what? So what? What is your prediction? Thirty-eight, thirty-four. Thirty-eight, thirty-four. Patriots. Yeah. I'm, gamblers take the over on this one. Who? Uh, who do you think wins Super Bowl MVP? See, this was another. I was looking at the bets, and this was another interesting one because, obviously, um, I think it's it's either Jared Goff or Brady, just because of the natural, uh, you know, just because of the position. Um, but the guy that I thought that is like the sleeper is James White. He he has the potential yeah, if he gets because, like two rushing touchdowns. Just because if he gets two touchdowns in general, yeah, or if he gets twelve catches, fifteen catches, you know, something crazy like that, um, similar to Deion Lewis's performance. Um, James White's a guy that I think it's it's just too hard for defensive players. The only way a defensive player can win it is if they you know score and it yeah. changes the game. Yeah, you know? no, for sure, it has to be a game changing play, um, which is just very rare. Well, I'm predicting Rams 27-24. So, take the yeah. under on that. 24, huh? Yeah, 27 to 24. Yep. And that's going to be the score going into the fourth. My sleeper for Super Bowl MVP, Robert Woods. Yeah, see exactly because he's a guy that gets just a ton of targets, so yeah. if he, ca he pulls a hauls yeah. in, you know, a dozen balls and gets a couple touchdowns. 
that's the way those other guys can win it, uh, you know, over like a Jared Goff. You know, like say Jared Goff has two touchdowns, two picks. Well, yeah, then he probably like, shouldn't then, get Super Bowl MVP. Then Bob Woods would probably, you know, be in the mix. Um, those are the kind of guys that are definitely in there. But got to go with Brady or Goff. So, you know, obviously I'm picking the Patriots to win. So Listen, Brady. It, it's going to take a Ram to take down the GOAT. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. That's a good T-shirt. It's it's going to take a Ram to take down the GOAT. It's going to be the end of the Patriots dynasty. And L.A. will have yet another victory over the city of Boston. <laughs> I don't know about the end of the dynasty off of a <laughs> loss, but everything else I can ride with that you just said. <laughs> Definitely not going to end this dynasty by one loss. But All right. It, it should be an exciting Super Bowl Sunday. I know I'm excited. Uh, this is going to be a really good one. This, I mean, there's a ton of stars. Um, there's great coaching. You got the whole young versus old. Yeah, um, new I regime. I thought it was really impressive that um, Jared Goff is the – the f- like the quickest first pick in the draft to make it to the Super Bowl. Oh, I didn't know that. So That's pretty no, cool. no number one draft pick, uh, no number one draft pick at quarterback has made it to the Super Bowl in their first three seasons. So and this is technically his only second full year starting. He's the he he's the first to uh, he's the first to go from first pick to Super Bowl. Hey, that's pretty good shit. There's a, there's a reason the Rams traded up for him, and I would just like to see a shootout regardless of the outcome. Uh, you know, regardless of the winner. I hope that it's in the 30s. I hope there's. I hope of, so too. I hope there's a lot of touchdowns. I hope Brady can get you know four touchdowns, just to add to all these ridiculous records. Listen, this is this is the first time I've ever had a rooting, uh, actual rooting interest besides wanting the Patriots to lose in the Super Bowl. So it's gonna be it's, it's uh, gonna be good, man. It's gonna be a big day. The, the Patriots, they're scary. It's it's guys like oh, Rex y- Burkhead and, yeah. and Chris Hogan and the Edelmans of the world and. Um, the James Whites, those are going to be the guys that come out um, and win the game for the Patriots. Patrick Chung, Devin McCourty, Hightower, those oh, are the guys. Those Stop. are going to be the guys. Those are going to be the guys, though. It's these these smart, smart football players that are Patriots. Yeah, but it it's going to be a great game. We can't wait for it. Uh, he's got uh, Tyler's got the Patriots. I got the Rams, obviously. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But all right, let's uh, let's move from the gridiron to the hardwood. To the starting five we go. Uh, the first topic we wanted to talk about uh, coming up in just a matter of weeks is All-Star Weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. Shout out, Charlotte. Um, the All-Star starters and captains have been revealed. So the two captains this year are LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers and Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. This is the second year they've done this. Yes. So uh, for those that don't remember – they changed the format. It's not East versus West anymore. Uh, now, each East and West both have an equal amount of players uh, on each side, but the two captains, i.e. LeBron James and Giannis, uh, get to choose from the pool of starters that were voted in by the fans, the media, and the players uh, to basically come up with the starters and also their team uh, because they get to pick from the reserve pool as well. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the reserves in a second, but the starters uh, that LeBron and Giannis get to pick from are Steph Curry, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Paul George, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Joel Embiid. Yeah, usual suspects in, the, in this list. Although, Paul George getting the starting now, that's big time for him. Well, yeah, and he, he's... Uh, Obviously, Kemba, it's a good milestone for his career. Yeah, it's his third. St- it's his third All Star. Yeah, he's been the All Star game, but to be named a starter is big time for yeah. him. Uh, those are probably the two guys that it means the most. Yeah, and it. I mean, with this whole draft scenario, it's it's going to be interesting but, to see how everything plays out. Yeah, no, it, it's a lot of fun. It adds a little bit of a drama uh, aspect to it all. Yeah, why don't why don't you uh, let everybody know who the reserves are? Yeah, um, the reserves in the West are pretty solid uh, straight across. Um, we got Russell, Dame Lillard, Clay Thompson, uh, Nikola Jokic with his first appearance, Lamarcus Aldridge, Ant Davis, and Cat. Cat's uh, probably that last was man a, in. That was a shocker. Cat and Lamarcus are probably last. Now Lamarcus has played great, um, but I'm just saying, you know, the other guys have played a little better. Yeah. Uh, but Cat's probably my last guy in on that side. Um, and then on the Eastern Conference, we got Oladipo, who's hurt. So he was actually replaced by D'Angelo Russell. Um, 
Then we got Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Vucevic, Bradley Beal, Blake Griffin, and Ben Simmons. Uh, Middleton and Vucevic and D'Angelo Russell and Ben Simmons all making their first um, all-star game. Chris Middleton and Nikola Vucevic, they get their, uh, <laughs> they get my classic award of like, enjoy this all-star game. This is like your one. <laughs> Welcome to the um, party. You know, every year there's a guy that's either on a really good team, doesn't to me that just doesn't quite, Middleton's getting it because they needed two bucks. Yeah. Vucevic is getting it because he plays on a terrible team. He's got crazy good stats. Um, they're not necessarily uh, the big time. They're the, the Wally Zerbiaks, the <laughs> Jamal McGlores, uh, the Tom Gugliottas. Oh, geez. You know, the those guys. Um, but, hey, they made it this year, so you can't take the one away from them. I'm just saying. You remember when, they Chris, get, you they, remember when Chris came and made an all-star? Yeah, see, so they get their – exactly. That's what I mean. So you get um, – they get their year uh, to represent, <laughs> uh, which is a – you know, I mean, hey, good for them. No, They're having incredible years. Yeah, and I didn't mean to clown on it because <laughs> Middleton and Vucevic are both both really good players, so it's a nice like cap for their career. Like, they're not just a role player. You know, they can kind of say that they're a little bit better than just a role player. Um, but they're the guys that don't belong on these. All every single uh, person from you know East and the West of the twenty four players. Uh, 22 of these guys are just regulars. I mean, they're yeah. going to be on here all the time. Yeah. They're going to have multiple. They're going to have three-plus all-star appearances. Uh, Middleton and Vucevic are the kind of the This two is probably their one time. That, that don't belong. Yeah. Um, and then it was just announced earlier today uh, the commissioner did something special, and Tyler and I kind of have mixed feelings about it. No. I think my feelings have settled now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well – Adam Silver uh, decided to create a special uh, roster spot on each team for uh, Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade. Uh, obviously, it's Dwayne Wade's last year. We don't know if this is Dirk's last year. It probably is, mm -hmm. uh, just based off of uh, how his season is going. Yeah. Uh, but is ba as basically like a thank you for all that they've done. Yeah. Adam yeah. Silver created a an extra roster spot uh, for both guys. And I mean, look, Dirk and D Wade are legends. Yeah, it has nothing to do with. Dirk it has and nothing to do with them. I don't like it. I I just don't like it. That's that's. It. I don't really have mixed feelings anymore. I just straight just don't like it. I think it's corny. I think it's uh, flirting with you know an issue that. It's just like there's certain things that happen that are like they really really show the moment or the player. Yeah. Um and. There's a way that these guys can get in, and I think the reason why they did this is because they felt a backlash for D Wade not getting in. Yeah. And then if you know if you want to add if you wanted to add D Wade, you had to add one more guy, and yeah. it might as well be Dirk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just to balance it out for East and West, it, it's a nice little thing to do. Yeah. Um, but it's like I just believe you know there's a uh, the fans should be able to vote their starters because it's a game for the fans. Um, if Dwayne Wade, who I think the way they do it now where the fans only get like a fraction of the vote it's 50% um, now i don't even think it's 50 i think no, it's like 25% it, no fans. it's 50 for the fans 25 for the media 25 for the players yeah and he had and dwayne had over 2 million votes so it's like if dwayne is a top 2 guard uh, vote getter yeah he, he had more votes than some of the reserves yeah so it's like in that regards if he gets voted as a starter that is cool that's the way i saw iverson and shaq and kobe and michael yeah. jordan i saw all these guys get voted into an all-star game past their prime yeah um because the fans wanted to see him out there and if it if it doesn't happen that way um, it, then, then it, it just shouldn't, shouldn't happen. exactly then it shouldn't happen, happen. Um, everyone doesn't get the same treatment as everybody else. It's not how it goes. Yeah. Um, just because D Wade's on his farewell tour doesn't mean that they have to change the all-star game. Right. And then it's like, where do you, my other thing is like, where does it end? You know, do we, why don't we invite Vince Carter? Yeah. I was going to bring up, guys? I was going to bring up that we were talking about it earlier before we started recording. Uh, why doesn't Tony Parker get a chance? Why doesn't Vince Carter get yeah, a chance? It's just like every year you can't just throw in a couple old guys because you want to go down yeah, memory lane. They're, they're, yes, they drop they drop the ball on D Wade this year because the system how it changes how you vote in. Yep. Um, D Wade, if he was voted in by the fans, he should have been in. Um, if he wasn't, then whatever. 
it's just stupid to add these guys in. Yeah, exactly. Like Kobe, Kobe, his last year and uh, the All Star game was in Toronto. He got voted in as a starter, even though he wasn't having like the All Star year. He well, and he got voted in as a starter when he was injured. You know. Yeah, I, exactly. I, you know, Shaq was getting voted in when he was three hundred and seventy five pounds <laughs> playing for Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like. He wasn't he wasn't doing nothing all star worthy, but people want it's a fans it's, game. It's a stars game. Yeah. To me, it's like I think the ultimate way to fix the all star game is fans vote their starting five and then the the media, the players and the coaches select the bottom fourteen. Okay. And it's doesn't matter what conference. It's just, you know, you have your fourteen you have your fourteen reserves. Uh, seven on each side, and then you have the West has five voted in, and the East has five voted in. And then the reserves are all mixed. And then the reserves are all mixed. Okay, I I could yeah. be down with that. That's I interesting. Think, I think that's the best way to do it because, um, you get your fan aspect of it because that's at the end of the day the All Star Game is a fan game it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, so you get that, and then you get that opportunity to vote a D Wade in if he's in there, uh, and then it, and then on rewarding the back fourteen is how. You really do reward players that deserve it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That's the, only pe- that's the only problem people had when Shaq and Kobe and Iverson and these guys, Michael Jordan, were getting voted in because they're taking spots of the guy that might – the Vucevic or the Chris Middleton, you know what I mean? The one guy that is actually having an all-star year for once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I love the all-star game no matter what. I think the NBA all-star game is the best all-star game uh out there for all the sports 100 percent. just an all-star weekend in general uh yeah. it's it's just a great time even though baseball is like set up the best because like baseball it's not fit you know like the yeah. chance of injury you can go as hard like when i'm up at the plate i can go as hard at the all-star game as i do <laughs> yeah you know, that's true when i'm all you know outside of a pitcher but if he's only pitching like an inning you know. yeah that's true but anyway all right so another topic uh, I wanted to discuss as kind of a blast from the past kind of thing. Uh, I saw it on Twitter, but it's which team deserved to win a title more. And I have three teams from the past, and I got all the the core players from from each team to kind of give you an idea of mm-hmm. the era that I'm talking about. So the first team I'm going to start with is obviously the 01-02 Sacramento Kings with yeah. Mike with Mike Bibby, Doug Christie, Peja Stojakovic. Chris Webber and Vladi Divac. Obviously, Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals is a highly debated topic, uh, which we could save for another day. Uh, but that is the first team, so the 0-1-0-2 Sacramento Kings. Now, the second team, a little bit more recent, the seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns with Steve Nash, Rajah Bell, James Jones, uh, Sean Marion, and Amari Stoudemire. Mm-hmm. And then the last team, a team we talked about, I believe it was last week or the week before, uh, the 2011-2012 Oklahoma City Thunder with Russell Westbrook, James Harden, KD, yeah. Serge Ibaka, and Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, we did a segment last year, um, or I did a segment last year on the uh, – Did you do something similar to like this? I did the 10 best teams that never won a championship. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. And and all the, and uh, I don't know if the Thunder were on there. Thunder definitely third – because I don't think that they were really there. They were young stars. Yeah. It's not, I don't think they're really a threat to win it. Um, well, especially going against the Heatles. And I don't think they were the best, like, team as far as, like, these other two. The Kings and Suns were definitely in my top three. The I think it was those two in the Jazz with John Stockton and Malone yeah. were, like, my three best teams that ever win. Um, but ultimately, I got to go with the, the Sacramento Kings. That's, like, definitely the team that I felt like. Um, I had a feeling you were going to go with that. I don't want to use the word deserve because that's not the right word. Um, but they were the best team to not win it. Yeah. Uh, they, they, it's unfortunate that they didn't get it done because they, they were that caliber of a squad. It just didn't happen. But this was like, um, you know, Arca, Arca Arena, I'm pretty yep. sure it was what it was called, uh, yep. was an insane atmosphere. Oh, those I mean, cowbells. It's very, very similar to Oklahoma City's a- atmosphere now. Um, you know, it was it's the same atmosphere. They had great coaching. Um, Rick Adelman, who's who's always been in the mix, coaching multiple finals. Uh, no, Rick Adelman is a, uh, definitely a coach who I would put up there as one of the, one of the all time greats. They just had they had the perfect team. I mean, they had 
they were deep, ten guys deep. They had the bench mob, mm-hmm. uh, who was like the original bet. The first time I'd ever heard that term was this team. Yeah, you know it. You know Bobby, Bobby Jackson, Hito Turkoglu, uh, Lawrence Funderburg. They had the Corliss Williamson. Yep. They had these weird. Uh, yeah, Ger- Gerald Wallace when he was 19 years uh, old. Scott Pollard. Uh, although Gerald Wallace hardly ever played. Yeah. Um, Scott was, Pollard, uh, him and Vlade would have to take uh, turns guarding Vl- Shaq. Vlade. Yeah, they threw everybody at Shaq. They would throw, you know. They had no and choice. They had the star with Chris Weber and Mike Bibby. Um, they had the, you know, the 3 and D, Doug Christie. And Peja. Shout out, to, shout out to the Seattle kid, Doug Christie. And then obviously Peja um, and Vlade were kind of like, you know the European talent that was yeah. that was a cool little mix in there. They had it all: three point shooting, great point guard play, great defense, centers, um, perimeter players. They could do it. Yeah. Okay. No, I had a, I had a feeling you were going to go with the Sacramento Kings. Um, Just top to bottom, I've never. It's one of the best rosters I've ever seen. To well, get a mix of young talent, older talent, veterans, uh, play. You know, get a coach. Everything. You know, they did everything right. Yeah, and what's crazy was is they've never and they've never recovered. No, I mean, the Kings they, have never uh, recovered. They, the Suns have never recovered. They, yeah, the the Sun absolutely they have never recovered. So the Thunder, eh? No, the Thunder have been all right. I mean, they're still pretty new too. But so they still like, have never been back to the finals. Yeah, but these are the other two. I don't have the Kings been back to the playoffs since the early two thousands. I don't I believe think so. they have the longest um, playoff drought in. in one of them. Oh, well, the Timberwolves, I think, have the longest in the NBA. Well, they broke it last, last year. year. So it is the Kings. That's Yeah. Uh, Damn. Too bad. Yeah. All right. Um, we got a few more topics. You want to do your five-on-five five real quick since we uh, just kind of did something similar yeah, to that? Yeah, uh, I basically just put together uh, – well, we're working on a segment now where we're doing, you know, the top ten guys at each position. Uh, so that got me thinking just because the point guard position is so great right now, uh, who was the best players I'd ever seen at each position. And, oh, wow. You know, then I started thinking about, you know, lineups and really like I put together, I just thought would be the best. You just had a whole Rain Man situation going on in your head. I just thought I think these guys played the position the best I've ever seen or not even necessarily that I know of because I, I haven't seen Kareem play per <laughs> se, but. The best that I know of um, at their positions would be interesting. So, team one, which would be my team, I guess. Okay. Um, is Steph, Kobe, LeBron, Duncan, and Shaq. Steph, Kobe, LeBron, Duncan, Shaq. Okay. Yeah. And then team two is uh, Magic, uh, Michael, KD, Carl Malone, and Kareem. Wow. So it's Oof. you know it's kind of like who. I think the strength is Magic and Michael on the other team. The other team, I think the well, strength is just the. Well, you got Magic, Michael, and Kareem. You got argue. Well, and KD. Well, yeah. Alone, you know, not <laughs> Jesus, not, not slums by any means. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but you got Shaq and Kareem, which to me, I personally think Shaq. But well, because Shaq is more dominant. But well, and I, and I mean, I like I said, I made this team. So the 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 one team I think they have the matchup all five positions. Yeah. Oh man. Jeez. But it would be tough to go against MJ. But they got and Kobe. for me, and for me, it's tough to go against Kobe. Yeah, so I gotta go. I gotta go with the team of Kobe and Shaq. It was just kind of the one, the guys I thought were the best to ever play the position. Yeah, no, I mean those are two great. I, I wish. Yeah, I wish we could watch that. It's game. all those like you know those those memes where it's like buy a team for fifteen bucks. You yeah, know, it's yeah, like, yeah. These are like the guys you want. Yeah. Um, but no, I gotta, I gotta roll with, uh, Shaq and Kobe. It's, uh, how probably, I fell in love with basketball. Probably pretty close to the 10 best players ever on that list. Yeah. P- pretty close there. Yeah. I, I could probably switch out a few for a couple others, but Hey, I mean, you're pretty close to the list right there. Yep. Um, all right. Before we get to the big news, uh, regarding, uh, Anthony Davis and, uh, a few other players around the league, mm-hmm. Uh, something interesting happened a few nights ago, and it was Steve Kerr became the fastest coach to 300 wins in all of American sports, which is pretty crazy. In baseball? No, no, in any American sport, he is the fastest. Yeah, so like no, like not 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 even a baseball coach got to 300 before him. Nope. <laughs> 
That's fucking wild. Well, think about this. Because you're playing twice as many games. Last season. night, the Warriors and Sixers played, and the Sixers beat the Warriors at home. That is only Steve Kerr's 78th recorded loss as a head coach. Yeah. So yeah. in 378 games. He's won 300. He's, actually, he's won 301. No. Yeah. Huh. So, where Steve Kerr's a weird one. Where do you where do you rank Steve Kerr as like an amongst the all time coaches? Tough. It's tough. It's tough because it's the what well, who influenced what you know. Uh, Was it Mark Jackson's team? That that's the thing is I I thought you know you saw a little bit of. Uh, where the team was going with Mark Jackson. Yeah, but for sure. Steve Kerr definitely putting Draymond um, at center is what kind of changed it all. Steve Kerr is what took them to the next uh, level. And playing Harrison Barnes and bringing in Godolf off, off the bench instead of starting him. All those kind of things were what Steve Kerr did that Mark Jackson didn't do that turned it into arguably the greatest team of all time. Uh, so it's, But it's tough. I mean, at, at first, you don't want to give him the credit, you know, because of yeah. how good the team is. But – these guys were not Draymond, second round draft pick, Clay, seventh overall, uh, Steph, I don't know. Thirteenth, uh, I think. You know, somewhere somewhere in the back half of the lottery. Yeah. You know, these guys were not number one picks. Um, no, not, it's, not, it's homegrown not top talent. three picks, not top five picks. Um, they were homegrown talent, exactly. They were the system. Um, they – you know they got they got free agents they did they built their team well and they believed in their guys and they turned something into nothing it wasn't because that you know they brought in all these stars the stars were were grown yeah so and I, I do want to give them the credit uh but I, it's, it's like i still can't put them in like a top five conversation see i completely agree and it's so it's so weird because steve kerr has had such a weird career trajectory from being the gm of the seven seconds or less sons to being an analyst for ESPN, yeah. to becoming the head coach of what's, the Golden State Warriors, it's what's what also you know what also is tough to give him credit for is that when he was absent, Luke Walton did just as well, if not better. Luke Walton had him forty three and zero. Yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know. So it's like, you know. That takes away from it a little bit because in the back of your mind, it's like, well, another guy did the same thing with your team. Exactly. But um, the but reason why I still think that I'm going to put him up with the greats, but not necessarily in the Mount Rushmore conversation um, is because he made the adjustments to make the team what it is. But like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't put him ahead of Phil. I can't put him ahead of Pop. I can't put him ahead of Red Auerbach. I can't put him ahead of Pat Riley. Um, I can't put him ahead. I'm trying to think of other... Yeah, there and there see that's the thing is like there's a ton of guys that I would take over him that haven't won, you know, the championships or the pedigree, the Rick Carlisles, the uh Doc Rivers. The only Larry, one yeah, the Larry the Larry Browns, the George Carls, um, these guys that I love that I think were you know great basketball great, minds. Rick Adelman, like we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh there there's some really, really good coaches out there. Don Nelson. Um, Jerry Sloan that you know, is yeah, I mean, he we, just named, is we just he, named like 10 coaches. Is he necessarily better than those guys? I don't know, but he, I mean, shit, he's produced he, more than these guys. Yeah, well, I mean, his so players have produced more. So that's what I think time will tell. You know, if he just keeps it going, he's he's a younger he's a younger guy as far as like coaches go. Yeah. But I just found it so interesting that he's like the fastest coach in any American sport to 300 wins. Yeah, and pretty well. he's only got 78 losses. Yeah, in a, in a very competitive league. That's crazy. In the Western Conference. Yep. And, and the Western Conference of today. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. We, we've pushed it off long enough. The big news coming out of the association this week was Anthony Davis telling the New Orleans Pelicans that he won't be signing any sort of max extension offered to him. And he's basically re requested a trade out of New Orleans a uh, few teams in the mix. Uh, the Celtics can't enter the sweepstakes until the summer. The Lakers are trying to put together a package to get Anthony Davis by the trade deadline. And if they can't, I'm sure they're going to figure out something uh, to try and work something out come the summer, even when Boston gets in the mix. I thought the Knicks were going to try and make a push to get Anthony Davis. They obviously now have room to sign him uh, when he becomes a free agent. But I also heard... 
two other teams, uh, the Raptors and the Bucks, are reportedly in the mix as well. Now, for the Raptors, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet would be mentioned as names as part of uh, a deal from the Raptors. And then Malcolm Brogdon and Thon Maker were mentioned uh, from the Bucks. Obviously, Thon Maker wants out of Milwaukee to try and go to a better situation. If, the, if I'm the Pelicans and this is the kind of shit that I'm getting <laughs> cl- uh, side across my table, I'm just I'm waiting for the off season. Well, I mean, the which Pelicans is where I think it's going to go. Yeah, the Pelicans already said they're in no rush to trade AD. Uh, they made a plea yeah. to the to the league to investigate any sort of tampering. That could have occurred, and the league actually fined Anthony Davis fifty thousand yeah, dollars yeah. for violating the CBA because players and agents aren't allowed to make allowed to make public trade demands on and, record. On record, and that's obviously uh, what happened. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's like it, I mean, I'm telling the Bucks and the and the Raptors and the Lakers <laughs> to fuck off because they they need to throw everything to me. Well, the Lakers already no, did. And those packages, you know, if that's what they're getting, then, like, that's what you get for Anthony Davis. That's what you should have to give up. Uh, this is a top five player in the league. And, One of th- and, the, and the, the Pelicans know that the Raptors, Bucks, and Lakers are trying to win right now. They're trying to win a championship right this year. They don't necessarily have to wait till the summer of 2020 to build their team. Um, no, they have a lot of the pieces so, like, they need. It, in the off season, there's a whole new set of te- it, it becomes a whole new discussion once the trade line passes. But right now, leading up to the trade deadline, uh, the, if I'm if I'm the Pelicans, I'm telling p- teams like Raptors, Bucks, Lakers that they have to give me everything, or I'm waiting till the off season. Well, one of the one of the reported packages that the Lakers offered was this sort of godfather offer, yeah. like a an offer yeah. you can't refuse, basically. And it was basically the entire young core. Yeah. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Vita Zubots, two first-round picks. And Lance Stevenson. Uh, and Lance Stevenson or KCP. Yeah. Uh, one one of those players that is on a one-year La- type it deal. It was Lance because they can't trade KCP uh, because of, like, how long he's been since. He, he's not He's not available to trade for some reason. No, he has to be. I think they have to wait till it's like a certain date. Oh, geez. Well, anyway, the it, basically the Lakers came up with this Godfather offer um, to to give to the Pelicans, and the Pelicans they really want to wait until Boston can get in the mix because they think Boston has the most to give them. The most to give them, and I mean, in terms of draft picks and assets like that, yes, they're right. They have more to mm-hmm. give them, but. Uh, some people think the Lakers have more to offer in terms of their young core. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, if I, I would hate if the Lakers made that deal. I mean, I don't want. Oh, them, I don't want to give up everybody. I don't want them to give up our young core. Um, so, like, if I was the Pelicans, on the other hand, if I can get three, four young players and a couple draft picks, then that's what that's what you got to ask for when you're when you're giving up an Anthony Davis. You have to get some sort of like something back, you know. Um, and then like the Raptors and the Bucks, they they have young you know talent pieces too. That I would be like, you need to offer these up, or we're waiting until the off season, and then everybody's going to be on more of an equal playing level with Boston in the mix. Some other teams will come out of the woodworks. Yeah, but I mean, I think what really threw this whole thing, like threw a whole wrench into the the entire AD sweepstakes, was yesterday when it came out that. Knicks forward Kristaps Porzingis had a meeting with the Knicks front office and basically the the Knicks front office left the meeting under the impression that Kristaps didn't want to be in New York anymore and he wanted out obviously he's been recovering from ACL surgery that he had last season Uh, and about an hour after that meeting got leaked Kristaps Porzingis got sent to Dallas. And uh, so basically it's Kristaps Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Trey Burke, and Tim Hardaway Jr. getting sent to Dallas for Dennis Smith Jr., Wes Matthews, DeAndre Jordan, and two first-round picks, which are an unprotected 2021 first-round pick and a protected 1-10 through first-rounder in 2023. So by the Knicks making this trade – they cleared about $75 million in cap space for this offseason, mm-hmm. which means they have room to sign two max free agents. Yep. And they also got Dallas's 
two first round picks uh, in two com- upcoming years, which obviously are highly important, yeah. uh, as we know, yeah. in the culture, uh, in the culture of the NBA these days. Um, now, Courtney Lee, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway Jr., Wes Matthews, and DeAndre Jordan, those all are salary dumps, basically. Yeah, none the, of those guys are probably even going to play for the teams. Yeah, it's, it's Maybe crazy. a couple of them do. You know, yeah. Maybe DeAndre plays a couple games just to, like, stay in the mix. But I, I assume they would just buy out all these guys. Yeah. Um, but it's just crazy that, I mean, New York – was a pot- uh, potential destination for Anthony Davis because obviously KD's thinking about New York, Kyrie Irving's thinking about New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I don't really understand why anyone would want to go to New York. Because because since <laughs> you've been alive and you, since you've been watching the NBA, the Knicks have been a fucking trash fire. Exactly. I mean, so uh, if at Christa- your age, it doesn't make any sense if- because it just you don't you don't understand. You don't see it. You no. don't see the lore. No, I do. No, but but t- it's you know, well, and you understand that New York's the the number one no, market I under, in the world. But, I under, no, but I but understand. outside of that, you don't understand why the fuck would you go to New York outside of Madison Square Garden in New York City? No, I I understand who the Knicks are and their history and all that. I get that they should be this it like yeah. glorious yeah. franchise but that you've should seen, you've seen them do all the terrible shit you've exactly seen, you've seen stefan marbury and steve <laughs> francis and eddie curry amari stoudemire amari stoudemire you know you've seen a lot of blown projects in, in new york um so i mean that's reasonable to think like that i mean if, uh, if chris Stapps doesn't even want to be there why would anthony davis why would kevin durant why would kyrie irving want to go to new york yeah I don't know. I don't know. what the, the Knicks are planning for 2020. That's what they're trying to do. But if they strike out and this is all for nothing. Yeah, they, but it, yeah, exactly. That's that's the issue is that, you know, they've done this before in 2010 with Amari Stoudemire and, and Carmelo, you know, Carmelo and hoping to pull in LeBron. Yeah. And it just, you know, I don't know. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for the Knicks. But, they, you know, what they're trying to go with is Dennis Smith. Kevin Knox, they're they're gonna have a top probably three pick if they not might have a one. chance at Zion. They've got a shot at Zion, so they're trying to package this. You know, they got Frank still. Uh, they're trying to package this young core to go along um, to add with two maximum deals in 2020. I, it's just which I think like a KD, um, that's like a likelihood. Uh, that's a likely destination. Kyrie, that's a likely destination. Um, they could actually pull it off, but we got that's a long time Do to you wait. Think I mean, they're it's it's going to be bad this year. It's going to be bad next year. <laughs> so it's like it kind of you know that kind of sucks. And then you go ahead and you give Dallas the perfect Dallas player. I mean, Atlanta already gave Dallas the perfect Dallas player, and then the other like the two guys in the league that you think should play for the Mavericks. Now play Lu- for the Mavericks. Now play for the Mavericks. Luca, yeah. Luca, and Kristaps under the tutelage of Dirk under the tutelage of Dirk and Cuban and it's it's perfect it's amazing <laughs> I love it just... I love what the, I love the, I love I mean, Dallas Dallas gave up a lot though you know what I mean Dallas gave up a, but a Dallas lot. is going all in on a, a player who they think could be a franchise centerpiece like Luca who he is and and then and then to add another one with them it's like they're they're set you know what I mean they they're solid as a rock uh you know up and down that roster yeah now, do you do you think this Kristaps Porzingis like, trade has as big of effect on AD's situation as a lot of people think? Yeah, because um, AD has got well, there's three checkpoints, right? So it's yeah. like if he gets trade, if he he you know by the dread by the trade deadline, it's got to go to like a rental team well, or like, the Lakers. Well, no, that's a rental team. No, uh, the Lakers aren't a rental team. Well, okay, okay, yeah, I guess the Lakers are the weird one that could be both. Uh, but a rental is meaning like there's there's teams trying to get them. Boston would now. be a, Boston would be a rental. Toronto would be a rental. All all those teams we mentioned before. The teams they're trying to win now are the rental teams. Yes. Uh, you know, fucking Brooklyn or you know like some team that's not Atlanta is not going to rent Anthony Davis. You know they're not going to get anything out of it. He's no, not, there's no point. He's not going to stay there. The next checklist is this off season, which then Boston comes in. So you have the trade deadline. You, then you got the off season, and then it's twenty twenty free agency. Right now, and like you like you did say, and it's a good point. The Lakers are kind of the weird one, 
because at any in any one of those three checkpoints he could turn into a Laker. Right. But that's the only team that's like that. But I think after the trade deadline, here's Toronto, Milwaukee after the trade deadline. Yeah, they're they, gone. They're gone. Add in add in Boston. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then in twenty twenty it's New York, Boston, LA. But here's the big time market. Here's the problem for the Lakers if like you said, there's these three checkpoints. If they don't get Anthony Davis at the first checkpoint at the trade deadline, okay, yeah. you got to wait to make a trade at the off season. Okay, now you're going into LeBron's seventeenth season. Yeah, no, and with these, AD. these are great. These are great points. If if you don't get him at the second checkpoint, that means you got to wait a whole nother year to go to the 2020 off season, and you would be going into LeBron's 18th year. Will Anthony Davis want to play with LeBron in his 18th what, year, or will Anthony Davis want to play with LeBron in his 16th yeah, year? Yeah, to me, if I'm the Lakers, I, I don't want him in 20. 2020 is not where I'm like shooting for Anthony Davis. It's right now. Exactly. It's probably and, not going to happen. And they've already said, they've already said if they can't get him. But in 2020, they might want him to kind of pass the torch from LeBron to the new Lakers. Correct. With, with Lonzo and Kuzma and Ingram. If they don't but have from to a Laker, get... But from a Lakers standpoint, I don't want them to get rid of their core. I want those guys to be there with the stars. But the problem is is to get the stars that aren't available as soon as possible, you got to give up the young core. Now, if, if I were to make a trade for Anthony Davis, the only young core person I would probably keep is Lonzo Ball because I feel like LeBron needs to have a point guard to play yeah, with. Yeah, no, you have to have the point and he's a he's a top tier defensive guy. He's a high IQ guy. And don't get me wrong. He does all the little things. It's a championship uh, you know, kind of formula. Exactly. And don't get me wrong, Kyle Kuzma is great. He's one of the the best offensive young guys in the league. Uh, his confidence is through the roof. Brandon yep. Ingram has been playing well as of late with uh, yep. the injury struggles the Lakers have gone through, yep. uh, posting a career high against Philly the other night. Mm -hmm. But Anthony Davis does exactly what Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram do, just 10 times better. Yeah, that's the issue. I mean, if we were going out, that's why when it was Damian Lillard, I was way more nervous. Because, I mean, I want Lonzo to stay. I mean, I'm going to be frank. Yeah. It's like Lonzo's definitely the guy that I want to keep out of that group. Like 100%. If we did, if I woke up and we traded B.I., Kuzma, Zubak, KCP, and Lance, you know, I'd be like, oh, nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, <I'm, laughs> it, that sucks. I, like, it's like, like you said, I love Kuz, B.I., you know, listen, we've we've become so invested in this young core. It's going to suck either way, no matter who the Lakers get rid of, if they make a trade. The Lakers are building the right way with their young players. I think the best bet is to progress your young players. Exactly. And keep getting better with LeBron. Well, and speaking speaking of progressing young players, uh, I think D'Angelo Russell making uh, the All-Star game, even as a reserve replacement, yeah. uh, says a lot about the development of uh, the Lakers' young talent throughout the past couple of years, even though they've had down years in yeah. terms of ranking and standings. I think uh, D'Angelo making an all-star game, even though I'm not really as much of a fan of him, and I never really was even when he was a Laker because I didn't think he was going to fit or do what he needed At to get done. At the time, he was very immature. He exactly. was very young. wasn't what we needed. Exactly. But you got to give these young players time to grow in the league and in his fourth year in the league, he's an all-star. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, the Lakers have done a, a phenomenal job. I mean, Clarkson, Nance, Randall, those guys are all getting quality minutes out there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely – I mean, the trade deadline is always a fun time. Yeah. Uh, I think Dallas got what they wanted. Knicks are trying to set up for 2020 free agency, so whatever. <laughs> you know, like, okay. And – and uh and the Lakers, I think, are just continually trying to beat the Warriors. That's what, why they kind of – Well, they have to. That's what they're bouncing in and out. Um, they're trying to be the Warriors. Yeah. But uh, – The guys – the two guys that I really am excited to see in the offseason is Bradley Beal and C.J. McCollum. What happens to them? I just – yeah, because they're just the guys – Well, we talked about it a I lot mean, Clay last Thompson, year. I think, is going to stay, so I don't really throw Clay in the mix. But it's like the Los Angeles Lakers – you know, the New York Knicks, um, all these, like, young core teams out there, if you added a guard like that, it's just going to take their team to the next well, level. And well, we, and we talked about it a lot last year, and the, the Wizards and the Trailblazers were two teams that we brought up a lot in terms of 
cores that might need to mm-hmm. to blow and it sounds up. like washington's gonna roll with it next year <laughs> which doesn't, is crazy doesn't sound like they're you know they're <laughs> not gonna um i think that they dropped the ball in this offseason with john wall's uh physical you know health uh or well, physical he, shape he secured the bag and just uh, went straight to the club yeah and got 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 in bad shape they just need to get a hold of that situation you know I think yeah for sure they want to be able to like examine it because john wall and bradley beal is still a top-notch duo and they can play against Steph and Clay. You know, they're that you need that caliber of guards there. So they're not ready to pull the plug yet. But if John Wall comes even in a fraction out of shape next year, gotta pull it. Yeah, I would definitely have to pull the plug on that for sure. But all right. Uh I think that uh that about wraps it wraps it up for this episode. You yeah. got a you got a shout out before we get for out of sure, here? Sure, man. Uh today was uh, my favorite defensive football player of my entire life. Such uh, a stud. Julius Peppers announced he retired after 17 seasons. Um, like I said, favorite defensive player ever. Um, I'm wearing his jersey tonight. I got his jersey in uh, 2006, I believe. Uh, it's autographed. I met him in Hawaii at the Pro Bowl. One of the great, uh, one of a great sports <laughs> memory for me. Um, but he's a Tar Heel. Yep. Um, and the first time I ever saw him play was basketball. Um, that's how I was introduced. to Only player in sports to ever play in the Final Four and the Super Bowl. Only only player to play in the Final Four and the Super Bowl. Um, freak athlete. Defensive player of the year at, at some point. One of the all-time greatest pass rushers. Um, he's top 10 in top ten in sacks all time. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's cool that you got to retire in Carolina as well. After yeah. he had a five-year stint in Green Bay chasing a ring, got a ring. Um, and then came back to Carolina. Yeah. So played, in, played in three Super Bowls. Yeah. So. I mean, Julius Peppers is one of the yep. all-time great defensive yep. players. Could play some tight end. <laughs> you know, got interceptions, got blocked kicks, yep. did it all. But, all right, my shout-out, obviously, got to be to the L.A. Rams. Uh, it's time for the Patriots dynasty to end, and what better way for it to end than for it to be a loss at the hands of an L.A. sports team as the Boston-L.A. rivalry We'll have another chapter added to the story this weekend. Fuck the Patriots. Fuck Boston. Let's go Rams. You needed you need Detroit to bail you out of <laughs> ruining the Boston legacy in basketball. <laughs> you bring, you're going to need somebody else to bail bail you out in, in football. No, no, no. But all right, with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK show. Peace. Later.